If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, I can get to know ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. Let me explain as I'm taking it off. Let me explain how I feel about us. If you want it, baby, I can show ya. I can show ya. And here we are. Another episode of Speculation World as I'm about to embark on a plane flight to Brisbane this weekend. And why not speak to someone from Queensland? The man himself, Paul Sales. Seals. Paul Seals. That's it, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I always pronounced it Paul Salas when I read it on the just like Reggie in the group in the community. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to get used to Paul Paul Seals, everybody. Paul Seals Jr. from Noosa, Queensland. He's actually been a member for about three years now. So, you know, so he's been a bit of a, a journey, a bit of a journeyman now, a, a seasoned veteran in the Sperm Donation Australia community. <laughs> you know, um, I remember you joining and you took it very seriously. You, you know, I think you've always lived a healthy lifestyle and uh, you also jumped on the vitamins and supplements as well um so yeah tell us a bit about yourself yeah great uh, it has been an interesting journey adam and um yeah i do i look after my health and well-being um my background's really been in project management um spent a bit of time overseas doing that in the middle east um i'm also a musician a music artist as well uh in my spare time and um, i'm i work as an online coach and consultant for people now at the moment but it's, uh, it's certainly been a very interesting journey around um, being part of the group and then also um, the whole process and the, the whole concept. The funny thing was I sort of, all my brothers and so I'm the eldest of four and my brothers and sisters all had children. Uh, my marriage ended, my ex-wife didn't want to have any more children. Uh, I raised two stepchildren. And um, I think I was a little bit sad about the fact that I didn't have any, didn't have the experience of like having any, like fathering any children. You met your, your ex-wife or you inherited, as you said, two stepchildren. Uh, yeah. You know, so was there talks about you potentially having children with her during this course or was it sort of one of those things that just never happened? You're both, I mean, you are look like a busy man. You're a man of, uh, yeah. you know, traveling around and all that. So <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was sort of, we were just busy early in the stages of the marriage and the relationship and that sort of thing. And then um, got to the later stages and she was like, oh, I'm not really, you know, I, don't, I don't, don't really want to have any, any more children. I've already had two children. And that was it. So, I was, yeah, I was a little bit sad about the fact that perhaps I'd, I, I hadn't done that in the marriage. And then um, there was only one sort of person that I was interested in having in a relationship with after my marriage ended and she was like I told her my feelings and she said um I'm I'm in love with someone else so it was like someone mentioned that I should become a donor and then I checked out the conventional donors and um, they had all this criteria that you had to be between a certain age and uh, and then someone mentioned your group sperm donation Australia and then um, I thought oh that's a little bit weird at first but um, I checked it out and it actually makes a lot of sense it made a lot of sense, you know, people being able to know, like having a known donor and um, being able to have some contact if that's what people, are, if that's what a recipient's looking for, you know what I mean? So it, um, it's been great. 
Yeah, I mean, it is quite daunting when you're actually thinking about the idea of becoming a donor. And obviously, when I first started, I looked into it as well. And I thought, oh, you know, you naturally you just go to a clinic. And then when you actually look into the clinic's way of doing things, you go, well, how am I going to be fulfilled here? How am I going to be satisfied? Where is my, where is my biolog biological material going to? And, mm. uh, you know, that there were so many what ifs and, you know, like on the recent article that was in the West Australian and it's repeated on every article really that they interview someone from a clinic, they go, oh, men don't want to donate since anonymity left. And I thought I, that is bullshit. You know, like you call, you call, mm. an, call them out because they just can't be bothered reinventing themselves and doing what i've done with sperm nation australia in terms of making it a bit more personal a bit more um you get to meet who you help or you get to engage and chat and have that dialogue and discuss updates and and how they all going to be arranged as opposed to being left in the dark if you went down the clinic route mm, mm. absolutely it makes a lot more sense when you think about it it empowers people to be able to make the decisions for themselves check people out um, you know, if they've got any, um, you know, their family history as far as health issues are concerned, personality types. I'm a little bit more sort of selective and that sort of thing in conversations with recipients and that sort of thing as well. Because for me, it's, um, you know, I, I, I have a known donor agreement and um, I mean, I welcome um, contact um, for, for recipients and children and that sort of thing as well. And I think I've had conversations with potential recipients and they were like, no, we want you to have zero contact and that sort of thing. And for me, I couldn't really do that, like thinking about bringing children into the world and then, uh, you know, having them potentially think, how come my donor, uh, you know, my donor father didn't want to have anything to do with me? You know what I mean? So it's been a really interesting journey, the, the group, Adam. You've done really well with what you've achieved. I take I mean my hat off to you you joined you joined the group what's the steps from there like you know do you remember you know you obviously come into this you think it's a bit weird <laughs> you gotta you're getting your, your head around it around it like you know taking it back reflecting on the start of this journey of this new concept for you do you jump straight yeah. in are you quick to talk to people what were your feelings like putting it you know were you putting things out there straight away in terms of you mm -hmm. know liaising with people or messaging me and asking for feedback as well like yeah what's the steps because some yeah. of the big the big donors now joining similar to yeah. what you were yeah well it's um i think one of the first things that i did was made sure i got a donor agreement in place because i wanted to make an agreement i told my mum and my my brothers and sisters that i was registering as a donor and different people have reactions to it my mum's like oh you know make sure that you have an agreement in place and you know they don't try to come after you for child support and come after family assets and that sort of thing and you know that was like a consideration for my mum so getting the agreement in place I know some recipients want to go off and get their own done as well that's fine but um, I have my own anyway and um, and then I had all my um, so I I took all the I, on your advice I took on board with uh, the all the supplements that were available so to 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 boost i think i had two tests i had a test first and then i was like oh i'm a bit and then you share with me what your uh what your counts were in motility etc and i think oh, i think i was a little bit disappointed with my level of performance <laughs> and then i got on board with all the supplements and um yeah i think i boosted it about twice the existing level so i'm 
I'm, I'm pretty happy I've um, with the supplements that I've been on for you know at least the last six months or so now like high count and about 65 percent motility so I'm I'm That's about, up there. you know in the top 20 percent yeah yeah well I, can, uh, I think we said in the top 20 percent I went to the doctors on Monday in the pathology and I did my updated STD test and uh um, sperm count as well. Every time I get, every time I ha- I do go to the doctors, I don't go to the doctors often because I'm never nearly never sick. So I have to actually go there for this sort of stuff. But if I ever do, I'll just go. I oh, chuck in a sperm test there, mate, and I'll get around to it whenever I go to like a pathology and have it sit. It got one. I got another spare one sitting around in the, the another referral there. But anyway, I went and did one on Monday, and I uh, got my results back yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit below the. <sighs> My criteria at five, I'm at 589 million t- total count for for the ejaculation that, that I provided. Right. But yeah, for me, that's disappointing when you've reached high, like you're higher. But you know, if you're any like Simon Watson, the guy who's in UK who's sired 900 children, he's at 500 million. So that I mean, that is a really good score. But you know, when you set these high standards for yourself and you take these diets and yeah, you're, you're a bit lower than some of your previous ones, it, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, whereas other people would be, you know, stoked with that. And, uh, but I mean, look, that's the thing. You, I honestly believe you, you are what you eat and, uh, what you can, you, you take those extra ingredients can find, yeah. can find tuna. And yeah, you've seen it mm-hmm. in yourself that you've mm-hmm. increased it by 50%. Yeah. So that's five hundred eighty-nine million per per milliliter. No, no, that's total. Uh, I did one hundred and seventy-seven per milliliter this this time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I provided four point yeah. two mils in my sample. Yeah. For some reason, I haven't been. Uh, right. Um, last couple of months, my sample's volume size has been down. I don't know if it's winter or and I'm not drinking as much fluid or, um, yeah. Yeah, and it does cycle through different times of the year as well, right? That has an effect. Yeah, well, I've found personally around April and October seem to be the most potent and successful months in terms of, you know, maybe combined mm. with, with female egg quality and male sperm quality. Those two, you know, so maybe mm. just out of summer, you might have had a heaps of vitamin D and um, been a bit more active and fitter, I guess, maybe. And then um yeah i don't know it's hard to it's hard to hmm. work out the science to it but there seems to be trends because i mean in the uk a lot of the sperm donors over there in their winters none of them really get many um successful donations that you know so is it a lack of vitamin d out, out there that that's going on i don't know there's a lot of um, little quirks hmm. that you, you see like a scientific side of things when you run a community this big as well yeah so, yeah yeah, but to answer your question, yeah, so started taking the supplements, boosted uh, my fertility, and uh, I mean, I always try to eat well and clean. I don't really, eat, I haven't eaten red meat for a long time. I mainly eat organic wherever possible. I eat a little bit of fish and a bit of chicken. That's about it. Um, and um, train, you know, I do, do the gym. I do uh, Bikram yoga. I get up and walk every morning. So I'm like, I'm keeping my mental, my mental and physical uh, health in optimum and in a premium, you know, in a premium standard, so to keep my health and well-being as elevated as much as possible. So, I mean, I think you've done um, uh, competitions before for um, weight building. Is that or been a part of? That yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I've done some physique training, and um, 
yeah, I placed second in my category and uh, sixth in the world. That was about two years ago. So yeah, I look, I really look forward to keeping my body in premium condition and and, and shape and that sort of thing. I mean, you, it's you, you live an li interesting lifestyle. I mean, you you travel, you bodybuild, you, you you create music. Uh, you know, you do a bit of everything. You're like a jack of all all trades. And uh, you know, I've, yeah. I mean, I wonder where you get all this time to <laughs> become good at all this, all this stuff to such le yeah. like levels, you know, professional levels. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, it takes a bit of rigor and um, planning with scheduling and that sort of thing. I've just sat down actually yesterday and just marked out my year for the next twelve months because people um, say to me, oh, can you do this? And I'm like, oh, I've got to have a look at that and see if I can get it to work. But yeah, up in the early in the morning, 5 a.m., get my cardio in, get my work and that sort of thing done. And then I've got an elderly father who's like 81 and, and I'm assisting him with a bit of treatment and his well-being at the moment as well, taking him to like hyperbaric uh, chamber sessions and that sort of thing as well to, um, to boost his immune system and his um, brain function. Um, but yeah, doing everything within, I, within my power to sort of keep myself at an optimum level of performance as far as my mind's concerned. Just, yeah, it takes a bit of rigor to get your scheduling and get everything coordinated. So I enjoy it. So how many families have you helped now in Sperm Donation Australia? Um, I've worked with a few families. Like I said, I'm a little bit sort of selective with my criteria, with my listing. Um, I did get a lot of inquiries initially and then I've sort of narrowed it down a little bit. Um, I've worked with a couple of families. Unfortunately, some, uh, I have a, a beautiful um, uh, nine, she's a 10 month old girl, um, donor daughter. And then I've had a couple of other um, people that I've worked with as well. Sadly, um, some of them had uh, miscarriages and that sort of thing, mm. Adam. And, um, but there's a couple of others on the radar, but I'm a little bit more selective. Some of my inquiries have dropped off a little bit because I think it probably created up a bit of a stir and controversy because I did sort of state that I was I was only going to um, donate to unvaccinated recipients, so that sort of created a bit of a stir, I think. But um, I mean, people can say what you know if they want Caucasian donors or they want Asian donors or recipients or whatever. But that's just my personal ethos around it, you know. Mm, I mean, look, it's interesting because uh, there was some boundaries being tested, and uh, obviously, when we we're running a tight line being allowed by Facebook to facilitate sperm donation in that sense, mm. you know, and there's always media or journalists trying to push for um, banning of it and saying, you know, one person got uh, abused or uh, overseas or something and, and then they try and say, like, it's a wide-scale thing, whereas, you know, rapes and sexual assaults are happening on Tinder and Bumble and all these dating apps on a daily um, in... Mm every state around australia let alone every place around the world and uh yet the you know obviously there's always new storylines that they want to create and uh so if something sort of happens in somewhere around the world they do try and push for that banning cancer culture mm. and uh you know we were very there was a lot of people that went to facebook jail for writing stuff on their own personal walls about um you know, anti-vaxxing, uh, uh, being anti-vaxxer, mm. or their 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 beliefs towards it. So you know, it was very. Um, I had to tiptoe around it because you know I like people to have be able to have free speech and and say what they're looking for without being um, criticised for it. But at the same time, 
we could be risking the group from being banned from Facebook. So it was sort of, you know, one of those things where we live in this world now that they try and uh, say we've got free speech still, but a lot of it, they, yeah, it was very, it was a very weird time. Like even when I was talking to, even when I was talking to journalists and they asked me questions and I said, well, since um, uh, people are being vaxxed and COVID's been around, the miscarriage rate has, has gone up, I've noticed extensively in the community. Oh no! Oh well, we can't we can't post that. We can't mention your observation here about that, uh, yeah. because yeah, I don't know. It was just really weird. It was like you couldn't reveal the truth from what was actually happening in that sense from my own community, because it mm. would I don't know. It was swept under the right the the carpet. Yeah, very sensitive, sensitive times. So you obviously never got vaccinated. Uh, I've seen you at rallies. I saw you in a concert and a video performing. Uh, you know, I'm actually hoping to get you yeah, to come to the, the valley on, on Saturday the 23rd out for the Osborne Hotel and set up a little acoustic set. And, <laughs> and uh, you know. Um, yeah, sounds good play out but uh you know so you you've gone to these rallies that you're yeah. very passionate behind it and uh in that that translated into uh obviously only wanting to help people who were of similar opinion of being anti um not vaccinated um so mm. you know where, where how did you get into these theories and conclusions yourself on your stance on all this yeah yeah, that's a good question, Adam, and it's I appreciate you asking. And it's been interesting. I'm not anti-vax at all. I'm like I'm pro-choice and pro-freedom, pro-safety. But um, like you said, I've, I've done a lot of touring as a as a music artist and that sort of thing overseas as well. And I got to spend a lot of time with a lot of other events and and met um, and spoke and performed on stages with these other guys that were like very, particularly in the US that are very popular, like Dr. Rashid Buttar and Dr. David Martin and Dr. Peter McCulloch and, and all those guys and that sort of thing. And I think um, the main, like not only the, the possible, like, you know, people are very sensitive about, you know, anything to do with the V word at all, but it's just, I sort of got concerns about it not being, you know, haven't done enough testing around it about what the long-term effects are on fertility, first of all. And then if someone does has the, does the, the perhaps has been vaccinated, does have the ability to become pregnant, um, what the impact of that, what the effects are of that, potentially on the children as far as their fertility is concerned as well. So, yeah, it's just it's just a personal preference thing for me and I just... I've just sort of chosen to donate to to recipients that are aligned with um, that. I think it's for me, it's sort of a bit more in line with like my spiritual choice as well. And um, yeah, that's just it's just it's just what I'm about. So just uh, besides um, vaccination stance, what would you look for in a, a recipient? You know, what would you, you know, when you come, if I go, you know, how we, you know, I guess people say what would be your dream poster girl or you know your dream yeah dream wife or something but like what would be your dream recipient in terms of you know ticking all those boxes and you go wow that's the person that yeah. i want, want to help sure well i haven't first of all i haven't found my dream wife yet so i'm still <laughs> single at the moment but it seems to make it very uncomplicated you know what i mean as far as being a donor is concerned but um what i'm really looking for is just um you know um 
I'm looking for like a safe and secure environment that children are going to be raised in that they're like, you know, they're safe and secure, financially stable, um, you know, no risk of, you know, physical harm, um, any, you know, sort of substance abuse and any sort of obvious things like that. But uh, I, I sort of look for something a bit more on a spiritual level as well, because um, I have an amazing friendship and connection with um, the existing, um, my donor daughter's mother. And um, it's it's like, it's very supportive and um, the communication's open. So there's no constrictions or restraints and that sort of thing. So I'm really looking for just where it's like, there's that freedom that if for them, even if they, at any time, if they need to pick up the phone and ring me and ask me any questions about you know, family history or health and well-being and that sort of thing, that the freedom's there, like there's no constrictions and constraints. And um, for me on a spiritual level, like it's like it's, it's a soul thing as well, you know what I mean? Like it's not just the physical being, but like there's also like for me there's a spiritual aspect and, conton- and, and, and um, aspect to it as well as far as, um, you know, creating life's concerned. Yeah, well, we'll delve a little bit into that. But firstly, your fir- the feeling of going off and doing your first donation when shit's getting real, like, yeah. Yeah, what's you know, is that what's the process of that? Are you thinking, okay, it's all happening now? I'm I'm, I'm potentially going to create assisting creating a life here. Is there any hairs raising on the back of your neck, sort of things? Those tingling sensations of uh, anxiety. You know, what, what can you remember the you know when it was actually about to happen? Yeah, I do. It's it's interesting, um, like the first connection. So you chat across, you know, find each other in the group. They're like, hey, you know, any preliminary questions? And then you get to do like a FaceTime call or whatever and connect before you meet in person. So it's a little bit sort of in that regard, feels like dating, Adam. It's a bit strange. You know what I mean? Like they're nervous. I'm nervous about like what's, you know, what they're looking for. You're wanting someone to that's you know, got the same sort of interests and philosophies um, and aspects, interests on life. And um, then this matter of just sort of, you know, like sharing about background and family and um, finding some points to, to be able to connect on and relate to each other. And, um, and then to be able to negotiate it, you know, it's like, it's got to feel right for both well for me anyway it's got to feel right for both parties and if it's to proceed and go ahead and um you know it was just um yeah it sort of felt a little bit weird for me as well because it like it was a concept of creation but i mean i and the structure of family in our society and everything is very changing at, at the moment as well for me it's sort of becoming more tribal rather than we had the the old paradigm of you know, like a nuclear family with a mum and dad and two point, um, you know, whatever it was, 2.4 children or whatever. And now you've got like same sex couples in the group. And um, so it's sort of the concept of families going a little bit more lateral at the moment. And, you know, I've sort of, I, I know people that are like have children that are no longer together in those relationships. And those children have, you know, relatively sort of grown up well adjusted and and loved and nurtured and um yeah it's uh it's been it's been interesting but um you know i i've sort of i have to feel something on a 
on another level, there's sort of going to be an X factor there as far as a recipient and that sort of thing's concerned there as well. So not that I'm deliberately being judgmental or anything. It's just, uh, it's going to have like another sort of aspect to it entirely. Since my marriage broke down, uh, I've actually really looked more into the more tribal aspect of it, as you, as you, as you put it. Mm. and mm. you know like the more community feel i have group meetups now with my my parents and siblings and they all run around and have a great time and it's just you know it's it's breaking down tradition of nuclear families and it's recreating the, the whole new rule book and uh you know a lot of people can't get their head around it but when you actually start getting jumping into it and you're seeing all these magical moments and feelings and that energy and that vibrancy all around you, you're like, this feels right, you know? And it's sort of, we're at this stage now where we're evolving as a community. Spoon Donation's becoming more and more popular now. It's becoming more accepting. People are more willing to go on podcasts or talk about it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's a lot. More, it's a lot more cost effective as well, Adam. You know, a lot of people going through IVF cycles, paying you know ten thousand dollars per per cycle for IVF and that sort of thing. Like it's it's a lot more cost effective as well. You're a bit of a health nut. And uh, say yeah. say you were a, a female, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you wanted to have children, and they said, "All right, we'll come through here, and we'll give you this medication, all these hormones, and we'll mass stimulate massive growth um, of eggs in your body, and uh, you know we'll extract them." Uh, oh, but but by the way, sign a waiver form which uh, puts us at no fault or um, liability if something mm-hmm. untoward like hyperstimulation happens to you. Uh, you know, yeah. sort, of, sort of what, you know, do you, how, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of a woman that doing this and not only from a cost perspective, but from a health orientated perspective, yeah. what, 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 you know, what, road would you likely take then in terms of you know you're going hang on these guys are making us want to sign a waiver here yeah yeah well it should be the first alarm bells where there's any a waiver for like um legal indemnity and that sort of thing as well but i think you know we've sort of as a society and what we've experienced in the last couple of years as well is that you know we're sort of like looking for a pill or a magic bullet to try and solve all the problems and I, I think you know the the human body is an amazing thing, and um, you know I think there's a lot of uh, natural solutions there that are really being overlooked, and um, probably not making as much money. People not making as much money out of that as well. But um, I think there's a lot of natural solutions, and people can do about like detoxing and getting their body right and clearer. Is I think that's the thing is that um, I'm most surprised about Adam is within the group particularly with the younger girls in their 20s and 30s and that sort of thing that are um, that have um, PCOS. I'm not sure what the acronym for that is. Polycystic ovary syndrome for anyone listening and wondering. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it was incredible. I wasn't really present to because this has opened up a whole new world for me and I didn't realise how many women were dealing with that. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like there's um, scientific research studies or you know pieces put out there and they found that um 
generally 5% of the population has PCOS. Uh, mm. But when it comes to women who identify as uh, same-sex or lesbian, there's a 20%, 20 to 25%. So that's almost one in four as opposed to one in 20 people. So yeah, it's, it's interesting how it can correlate between someone's sexuality uh, or preference uh, in terms of, um, yeah, I, I just find it really interesting. But in saying that, Sperm Donation obviously has a lot of same-sex couples where, where, where you know, about 50 50 with the with single mothers by choice now so you know when you've got fifteen thousand members obviously a large proportion with 20 percent of that is going to be affected by pcos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is very interesting and the other thing that's interesting as well i don't know whether it's because because it's becoming more prevalent in the group but there seems to be a bit of a theme that i've observed as well and that's that you know like you say women becoming single mothers by choice, you know, saying that I haven't met Mr. Right. And it's, I think that they're sort of, they're taking, you know, they're empowered to sort of um, get it out and about and do it for themselves rather than sort of just like, you know, waiting, you know, there is a, the, the reality is that there is a certain time frame for biological clocks and that sort of thing, or, or for, 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 for fertility to peak and that sort of thing as well. So women seem to be really empowered around, um, you know, moving forward and choosing to have children and, um, you know, going the donor route. Your first pregnancy, do you remember where you were the, when you got the news? How did that feel? Yeah. yeah. Well, surprisingly, it, it felt amazing. You know what I mean? She... Um, she she shared with me the information and uh, i didn't get to see her at all whilst she was pregnant but she she um, sent me the the scans and that sort of thing and um it was very it was very humbling and it was very exciting and i was like thrilled and um she was very very grateful you know she she had a another sibling and she wanted a sibling for for a daughter and um, just really, you know, really, uh, really grateful and really um, appreciative. And, um, you know, for, for, for me as a person to be able to make that contribution to someone else is amazing. You know, it's like thanking me, like it's people saying, oh, it's so great and that's wonderful. You're an amazing human being. And, you know, like it's just, a, for me, it's just a normal human function. It'd be like someone saying to me, you know, you know, you grow your fingernails so well, you know, it's like, (laughs) it's just, I'm, I'm just blessed with, um, having had high fertility levels and, you know, I'm, I do look after myself well, and I'm like, I'm six foot two and I keep myself fit and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I like to look after my machinery and that sort of thing. So, but it was, it was an amazing, um, experience. I mean, I'm the eldest of, I'm the eldest of four children in my family when I grew up. And uh, my mum was like the eldest of, uh, sorry, um, she was one of about nine children from for, for her family. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, back in the day, from for our like our parents and our great our great our grandparents, large families were normal. Now it's like there seems to be uh, you know there's a lot of. There's a lot of um, either women not having children or maybe just one child and not really aware of the 
the possibility of like um, sperm donation. Yeah, well, look, if you had nine children now, people would look at you funny. But back in a couple of generations ago, and, uh, you know, that was quite normal. Like, you'd be lucky if you came across a family that probably had less than five children, it'd probably be the odd one out. You'd be a small family, but whereas the five is extravagantly large now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the amazing thing, because I did a lot of work in the Middle East and that sort of thing as well, Adam, and uh, I met, it's very difficult to get to know Arabs um, personally and develop personal friendships with Arabs. And uh, he was sharing me, because they're like a Bedouin sort of uh, tribal family back then as well. He was sharing with me that his father was one of 55 children. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was maybe, I don't know, maybe five or six mothers, you know, but same father. And that was incredible. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting, but I mean, that's the thing we get we get shaped uh, around what society is currently doing. You know, if we mm -hmm. if everyone uses a donor and the donor may, might have five or ten people that he's helped, um, you know, that starts to become normal. They go, oh, you know, got um, a mother's group with five or ten siblings that they can all meet up and play with, and then that comes normal. And so, so you know, there's only it's only one or two generations away from being normalized and then uh, something's been unnormalized but yes, yeah. in terms of like large families now becoming smaller and uh yeah. people people just can't fathom something that's different from what they grew up in you know they sort of want to replicate because they feel safe in that sort of bubble because you know they grew up in that sort of bubble so if they had one brother or sister they think okay well it's only cool to have one donor sibling brother or sister i guess and uh yeah. but yeah it's it's uh it's sort of just dissecting it and breaking that down with people and go okay well actually what bad things is going to happen here if mm. if you're all linked and have that connection with each other or have the ability to connect with each other yeah. uh you know what, what are the actual negatives to it and then they stop and they think well actually there isn't any you know, so uh, it's sort of, um, but as we're, I guess we're fearful for change. Um, so yeah. I'd love yeah. to talk about the spirituality side. I mean, look, I've seen a lot of mutual friends or women that you know in the group that I've spoken to um, on your friends list, or and and all that sort of stuff, and they and they've got strong spiritual sides about them as well. So it's sort of the uh, type of people that you would probably um, surround yourself in, obviously. And yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us a bit more about that and how you got into that and what mm -hmm. um, what theories and methodologies that has put into the, your way of living and going about this. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I don't really sort of know where to start with that. But, um, you know, like I'm not, I couldn't say that I'm sort of religious, but I definitely do have a strong, like, spiritual beliefs and spiritual practices, you know, like, uh, like I said, I'm into, you know, not the saying that I, that I wasn't. I mean, when I was younger, I used to sort of party a lot and I drank and I smoked and that sort of thing. And then you sort of get a little bit older when you get middle-aged and you think, you know, you got to start looking after your equipment a bit better. And, um, yeah, just to... Um, to try and keep your your mind and your your body and your spirit as like as clean and clear as possible and um 
you know, it's been a diff- it's been a really interesting time in the last couple of years as well with everything that's been going on in the world, and um, like it's far from me to, you know, encourage you know anyone else about how they should live. It's just I've sort of learned a lot of things through trial and error. Yeah, it's just you find something that works for you based on your experience, and um, yeah, just encouraging other people to do the same for themselves as well. You know, find their own truth and you know what it is that they like and don't like, and yeah, just to, to encourage other people to find their own way and find their own truth about what works for them personally. Because a, l- a large proportion of our community, uh, especially single mothers by choice as well. Uh, do have a large spirituality, butchering the word now, so <laughs> spiritual side. Um, spirituality? Yeah, spirituality, yeah, yeah. that's right, yeah. Yes. They have yeah. a large, uh, that is a large component in, in their lifestyle or how they go about it. And, uh, you know, and I find that, that that's because they're probably more open-minded people, positive energies mm-hmm. going on um, what feels right and uh, as opposed of, being dictated of of uh being told what's right by you know any any one in particular power or um yes so yeah how, how do you find those people as well like i mean obviously do you feel more comfortable like would you you know be more comfortable donating to people who are more spiritually inclined as a as a key aspect of of people that you help or you know that they're the sort of people those outlooks on life you know they sent they seem to be very caring uh love animals as well a lot of those people do yeah. um i'm not sure why you don't eat red meat if that's more of a, a helping or it's sort of trying to cut down a bit on on meats as such but yeah like all that sort of stuff combined yeah well the, i mean the meat side of things i mean um partly health but um also i grew up in a rural environment adam when i was a child and we sort of saw animals and that sort of thing getting killed and cut up into pieces and that sort of thing and when you sort of see that when you're a child that sort of impacts what you eat and it's you're not as desensitized as like walking into a supermarket and grabbing something off the shelf you know what i mean but um i mean red meat just sort of sits heavily with me and then there's all the you know the hormones and the you know, sprays and everything that go into sort of meats these days. But yeah, definitely. I mean, people that I resonate with, with community and my tribe is really about, you know, people that are inclined to probably eat organic and do meditation and, um, you know, are conscious for about environment and animals and are more inclined into those spiritual practices. Like I said, not so much, you know, religion, but it's like, it's definitely like a lifestyle. Um. Country music star you are. So where did that come from, and how did you start picking up the guitar and belting out some tunes? And yeah, yeah. Well, that's been that's a good question too. I I grew up. We had a we were in a musical family when we were children, and um, yeah, we used to sort of play in some of the country music clubs and that sort of thing. And um, that evolved out of there. One of my brothers um, travelled over to the US, and he's in Nashville. Um, he's, you know, so it's, it's definitely in the family. And, um, if you want to sort of, if you're serious about music, the, the U S is the place to be. Mm. And, um, I'm just fortunate that my, my, my last single that I put out, I had some success with it in the U S and that was early January, February this year. And, um, it's been a real, it's been tough time for musicians and the arts 
particularly in the last couple of years uh, in Australia. You know, it's like a $16 billion industry that's been decimated and looking at the budget that's happening with the music industry. And I think like 23 or 2024 had like zero in it for the arts and that sort of thing, you know. So it's been it's been tough. It's been a tough time. But uh, I think um, in any of those... I mean, music, I grew up in an isolated environment, a rural environment when I was a child, and music was really just the connection to that. And I've, I really loved music. And, um, you know, it's a difficult business to be in and to make, make some money. But um, I just love that music can be the soundtrack of our lives. And I can remember, you know, where I am, if I just hear a song, I can listen, you know, that I listen to, and then I can remember a certain point of time and experiences that I have with music and that sort of thing. And yeah, I will sort of head back to some, to the U.S. at some point in time in the future, but and and revisit that. And um, yeah, I just I I just I love music and I love what it that it can move, touch, and inspire people. You know, it's it's funny that you, you say that because <clears throat> like there's a lot of times when I'm at work or when the radio's on or you know and a song just pops up and it takes you back to a point in your life whether it be an ex-girlfriend I, re- I remember like there's there's an offspring song that comes uh, um on every now and then it's like and i really don't want to hear about her legs all up in the air <laughs> i got cheated on so at that point when that that song came out and i was just like <laughs> and i was like that reminds me of that that bitch you know uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah like um but there's you know other obviously good moments in life where, where a song comes out at that point of time and it's the first time you actually res like it connects with you and it, it comes at a a, a a time in your life that you, you're going through but you don't but then you lady lady yeah. is you can always refer back to it as that um that moment of where you were in your life when that song comes on yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah, no, I just love music in different periods of time and different genres and that sort of thing. I'm like, I'm, some of my stuff's sort of country-ish, but, um, you know, I love all sort of sorts of styles of music. And, you know, when I was in the US, I got to go to a lot of concerts over there. There wasn't hardly any restrictions at all. I got to see, like, when I was in Utah, I got to see Kiss and, and all sorts of stuff that was happening. You know, there's like, um, there's a lot of stuff that happens as far as the music industry is over there is concerned and concerts and that's a thing. And the tickets are really super cheap compared to what we have to pay for in Australia for concert performances and that sort of thing as well, you know. So, yeah, it's great. I enjoy it. I mean, you got that bit of that Peter Garrett frame and look to towards you. That's when I saw you kind of, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess he's a very um, passionate speech, you know, like in rights and all that sort of stuff mm. as well. So I guess, you know, I sort of, yeah. when I see him, I sort of I see a little bit of, of you in some weird way. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but, uh, you know, I'd love to, um, you know, I'd love to one day hear you just like belt out a sperm don- donor anthem, you know. <laughs> Is that a bit too much? What would, the name of that so- what would the name of that song be though, Adam? Oh, well, you, you've come up with some good titles and, um, you know, I'm not renowned for making titles, but I'd probably have to leave that one with you. But is there any, any that okay. come, come off the cusp of your thoughts now or? <laughs> oh, that, pardon the pun. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I'll have to do a bit of, I'll have to put a bit of thought into that and see if, what can be created. 
I mean, because you know, it's only a matter of time before uh, you know a television series comes about, or you know, it's sort of like you know those dating shows where they keep going wild. Now we've married at first sight, and it just keeps going further and further. And they keep pushing the boundaries, and then it normalizes the next, the next out there sort of thing to come in, and then that gets normalized. You know, what I mean, that's sort of what what happens and uh yeah a good sperm donor anthem as an intro song to a tv show is probably <laughs> probably waiting to be get used eventually <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like myself you're married you're divorced you're single where you know where mm. do you where do you mm. see your life at you know would you like to find that one partner and settle down again or is marriage a bit taken away from you now after all that effort you put in the first time around what's your outlook on that sort of point part of life now yeah well that's interesting adam i mean the thing is uh, i'd love to be able to you know find the one and settle down and have my own family and children and that sort of thing as well you know but um it just it hasn't presented yet you know and i and the funny thing is i know a lot of people and i've pulled a lot as well as around the world you know what i mean but um you know i i just love to have a you know a few more um donor children and make some contributes contributions to that and um you know if i could find you know the one per se um and settle down great you know and, until that point in time i'm really just enjoying lifestyle and and being uh, and being single you know it's um it's interesting you know you get the whole bed to yourself and you get to sort of you know you get to get your own place and you get to go out and have a date and come back and if it works out great and if it doesn't so be it you know what i mean but um i mean my lifestyle is pretty busy between music and traveling and you know working with clients online and that sort of thing so um, you know, I, I'm certainly open to it for the future, but it's not like um, I'm not going to feel inadequate if it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Do you? Yeah. I mean, look, you see a lot of strong independent people who have got a lot going on in their on life. You know, you, for instance, um, and I think that's it relates to me as well, obviously running this community because it takes up a lot of my time. And then there's, uh, you know, the podcast mm. and then there's speaking to journalists and then there's, you know, there's, it's, it's always there's something going on and, uh, you know, someone goes, oh, I want to meet for a coffee. And I said, oh, I can't catch up today because I've got to go and get a photo shoot or, you know, I mean, like there's there's always something drawing in. Do you find that, you know, obviously a lot of people who are career orientated and as we see with the single mothers by choice who get to that stage where the biological clock is ticking and they need to find a donor because, you know, they're very independent people. Do you find that if we're really independent people or we've got a lot on our plate that, you know, it is harder to find the one because maybe our criteria is more hard. We know what we want. We've got set goals. And if people don't tick all like a, an extensive list, list of boxes as opposed to someone that may not have as much going on in their life, do you reckon it makes it harder for us? And maybe that's, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily that we're bad people or we're selfish or anything, but we've got a lot on our plate. And, uh, you know, some no. people are maybe destined to be single because of the lifestyle that we choose and operate in. Yeah, I think so. It's like, it's, you know, um, you do, you like, you know, we, as you sort of become a little bit older, you get a lot more particular about what it is that you like and that you don't like and the company that you keep and, um, you know, you have a busy, busy schedule and that sort of thing as well. But um, I, th I think you sort of become a lot more selective. You know, when you're younger, it's, um, you, you perhaps don't have as much life experience and um, not as discerning as you become when you get older. 
like I said, not from a place of being judgmental, but just knowing what it is that you like and what you don't like and just being a bit more selective about it. But I, I think there's a lot of pressure as well, Adam, about, you know, you know, thinking that particularly when you're younger, that you've got to find the one and get married and settle down and get a house and, you know, have your 2.4 children and that's the life. But um, we've got the life that we've got and just, you know, enjoying it. And I think I'm in a place as well that, you know, I don't, you know, if I find someone that that works and that clicks with, great. But like I said, you know, I don't, I don't sort of, there's, there's not that pressure to, you know, I, I enjoy my own company as well. You know what I mean? And like similar to you, I've got a lot of stuff that I can do as far as work's concerned or music. Like there's already enough, there's always enough things to fill the space. You know, I'm going to go hit the gym after this myself after we finish this podcast. But um, there's sort of, there's plenty to do. It's it's nice to get to a place where you feel as if you don't need anyone. Do you feel that some people, especially some women uh, in their mid-30s, are sabotaging themselves a little bit. I mean, look, I come across a lot of women that are going, oh, I'm just going to hold off another two years. And if I don't find um, the one in two years when I'm 37, 38, then I'll just start looking for a donor. Or uh, And the, they can't dissect the fact, as I think, as you touched on, when you're younger, you're more happy-go-lucky. You're like, hey, let's move in together. Yeah, right, sure, let's do it. Jump jump in yeah. you know whereas now it's like you know what i've got my own space i've set this up i like how my house is set up i like my furniture the way it is thank you and you know but people uh, think you know my, my way of seeing is if you're putting yourself out there and you're wanting to find a partner while you're looking there's always a chance of finding someone i guess if you're but if you haven't found someone mm. when you're more younger and there's more, the pool is more full of people um, that were more that way inclined, looking around for similar that similar way of uh, that lifestyle, or working it out, or you know people had more, less hobbies or more freer time, yeah. or you know more able to adapt back then, uh, didn't have the life experiences of knowing what they liked. Mm. I find it if you haven't found it mm. in those years, when you're coming to your your, your mid to late thirties as a, as a a female that's obviously got that pressure on to have a child. I think you're playing a game of uh, Russian roulette in terms of, you know, are you going to potentially miss out on having not only a partner, but then missing out on having a child as well at the same time. It's like a real juggling act that they have to take on board and try and navigate. But yeah, like, as you, as you said, it's, it's, as you get older, so these women here that could potentially dating you or looking at myself, you know, they're, they're hoping that one of us will, you know, go, all right, let's do this. Let's move in tomorrow. And it doesn't really work that way anymore. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, it's, I think it's more harder at this age to fall into that deep relationship connection, especially, you know, um, especially straight away. Like it probably something that takes way longer in terms of developing than, than it would when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think for, you know, if, particularly if someone's like you saying as well, Adam, about if you've been through a divorce and that sort of thing as well, and some of them can be, you know, expensive and long drawn out and sometimes painful processes as well to go through, you know, separations and divorces and that sort of thing. So you become a lot more discerning and, you know, it's an it's an interesting time that, that I don't know about sort of women, but uh, I mean, where do these women hang out, Adam? 
<laughs> well, there's a, there's a there's a lot that joins Burn Donation Australia that uh, uh, I've got it as a backup yeah. as a backup plan as they still hope to backup find plan, yeah. to find the one. Okay. You know? um, well, may, maybe some of them some of them are um, you know they might be hanging out at the farmers markets or something or other. But like it's it's just it's I mean people you, 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 people not sort of walking around with a placard on saying what they're looking for. You know what I mean? Like you know. 38 single looking to start a family it's just uh, i i think we, we've sort of become very very busy as well and it's like you don't get the luxury to have those sort of level of conversations with people so much anymore well i don't anyway because it's sort of time and logistics of travel and, and that sort of thing as well but like i said um you know I'm, I'm sure it's definitely out there and i'm certainly open to it but it just it hasn't presented for me as yet all right, we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. But how do you see the outlook of being a sperm donor now that you're, you, you know, you're officially a sperm donor? You've gone that that path. You've created life. You know, the child is going to grow up over the years. Now, what inputs or outlooks or you know what feelings do you anticipate over this journey? Now, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to mm. to yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for me as a donor, I, you know, like I said, I, I, I like to sort of have a bit of over, for me, for my agreements and that sort of thing, I like to have a little bit of oversight with um, recipients and that sort of thing as well. And some people are not looking for that. Maybe they've been through some unpleasant experiences in the past, but um, that's certainly something that I'm, that I'm looking at for is, you know, some sort of involvement and, you know, I'm welcome any contact and, um, yeah, I, I just I'm really looking forward to the future about like what's possible with with I, I think it's probably like, you know, people that are music artists or painters or anyone that creates in any medium, uh, you know, if you look at like what a child can become, who knows what great things that they can get to contribute to other people in their lives and their family or what they are out to fulfill on or create and achieve and contribute to humanity as well, Adam. And I think that's going to be part of the beauty and the joy. You know, we've been through some interesting and some testing times and, um, you know, who knows what beauty and greatness the humans that we get to co-create in the future get to fulfill on. I think that's well said because, I mean, I really look forward to seeing what these children become of themselves, like who they, you know, what do they become, what, what. Uh, field of expertise they get involved in and uh, yeah it is actually a fascinating thing to be part of that journey from like the outside looking in I guess as a you know obviously not as a direct parent raising them but you know you get these updates and uh, you know this is the thing that the clinics don't offer mm. um, men like us or men in particular so these yeah. are these are some of the magical ways of what sperm donation Australia and uh, my sister um communities bring to this exciting community that's been developed and and going it's yeah i think i find it amazing how yeah. you know to have that impact on you know something that i set up that has allowed you so much joyfulness and and happiness uh and it's going to be a continued part of happiness yeah. um throughout the next you know throughout the duration of your life now mm-hmm Absolutely. And um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And I acknowledge you for what you, the time that you had, that you put into the group 
Adam, and I know you've spent a lot of time um, with administration and what you're committed to to travel and contribution to 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 people to have children, have families, and um, add some joy, love, and happiness to their lives. So I acknowledge your contribution that you're providing to community. So thank you. Well, everybody, that is Paul Seals. 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 Paul Seals. Oh. Say, so, um, everyone, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's read it wrong and said it wrong in their head. So it's Paul Seals, everyone. Paul Seals Jr. from Noosa, Queensland. Yeah. Valued donor. We've just heard a bit of insight of how his outlook of it is, and it's valued information. Uh, you know, new donors will listen to this and it will inspire them. Men who have never been able to have children with a, a traditional partner in a, in a marriage. And there's a lot of them out there as well that uh, it didn't fall for them in that that way. And this offers a, a great alternative to be able to contribute and uh, create some life in a different way, I guess. But while maintaining, I guess, um, an active and busy lifestyle, uh, traveling over the world and um, creating music, going to the gym, <laughs> connecting with your spiritual side. Uh, so it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today, Paul. And uh, thanks for speaking up. And if you like Paul, now's the time to harass him because he, he doesn't seem that busy on the donor front. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I will be coming to Brisbane, Queensland. And uh, so you got any tips before I come, what, what, what I must do while I'm here or anything in that area that I should be... Um, jumping on and and checking out while i'm here or any any concerts or something that's happening paul or events that are going on this um next nine days uh well i look forward to meeting you and catching up in person you know and um a lot of visitors that i normally take guests that i bring that that come from interstate or overseas always sort of take them down to the breakfast creek hotel in in uh, brisbane that's normally a bit of a an institution for if you eat steak or uh, um yeah if you're um if you want to go and check out the breakfast creek hotel but just enjoy the enjoy the city and enjoy the bit of the winter sun so i look forward to catching up with you awesome all right we'll take care we'll be catching up shortly so catch all later it's probably my last episode now for a while because i'll be traveling to brisbane and then i'll be going to new zealand and i'm not back into australia to roughly around october so yeah you'll have um It'll be a great time to uh, have off and recharge the batteries before getting back into it again. Anyway, everyone, catch ya. And Paul Sellers, take it away. Love is a circle, my friend. Shoulder to shoulder.